Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Studying God's Word matters. But if we're honest, many of us put women's Bible study at the very bottom of our priority list. Maybe we think we can get the same benefit from reading scripture on our own or watching a sermon online. But the truth is that God made us to be in community with each other. And today we are talking about studying God's Word together and why it is a beautiful and edifying thing that cannot be replaced. So come and join us on our conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Stephanie and Joanna here. Hello. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about why it's important to study God's Word together with other believers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's safe to say, Joanna, that we encourage each other to study God's Word probably in every single episode. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're sorry, not sorry about that, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because it's true. Like, God's Word is better than anything that we could say. And it is everything we need for life and godliness, which is in Mm -hmm. 2 Peter 1.3. And... I think, though, when we hear the exhortation to study God's word, we predominantly think of it as like a personal endeavor, right? Like something Mm -hmm. we do every single day during our quiet times alone. Um, Yeah. But I think when we confine our pursuit of God and his word to ourselves, we really miss out. So I'm really excited about today's conversation, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. So before we do, of course, Joanna, tell us your favorite thing from this week. Okay. So... One of my recent favorite things I've been enjoying a lot is actually rooibos tea. Do you like rooibos tea? I have not heard of that. You've probably never had it because there's no caffeine in it. But I don't (laughs) know if everybody knows this. We mentioned this like a long time ago. But me and caffeine is not pretty. You don't you don't want to be around me when I've had caffeine. (laughs) I will look like a crazy person because I can't focus and I feel like my heart is going to beat right out of my chest. So it's not good. But rooibos tea is so good. Mm. It is delicious. And I've just been all about it recently. Is it a tea bag? Yeah. 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 It's okay. just like an herbal tea. It's but Ooh. it's a lot. It's a lot more similar to like traditional tea and flavor mm-hmm. than some of the other like chamomile or mm-hmm. hibiscus tea or something like it's an actual it's like a red leaf. So it's really, really good. I love tea, so I might check it out. Mm -hmm. You should. (laughs) What was your favorite thing this week? Oh, I really don't have a favorite thing because all I can think about is vacation Bible school. (laughs) I feel like there are many people out there right now in the midst of VBS craziness. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's draining. I'm not going to lie, but I also love it because it's just been something that I've volunteered with since I was really young, maybe Mm -hmm. like eighth grade or so. And so I don't even know how many years ago that was. Have you been Um, doing it every year? Almost every year. Like if we're not on a family vacation, that's like what we do. Wow. Wow. 
But this year is kind of special because I actually finally have a kid that is old enough to enjoy VBS. So oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? That stuff sticks with you. I think I did lots of VBS hopping as a kid during oh, the summer, you? you know, go from one to the next. Yeah. And I will still sometimes just get those songs stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. That I remember, I remember nothing else about the VBS. I just remember the music. <laughs> oh, but um, all these different themes from like outer space to fruit of the spirit and all these things, like they stick with you. And you should see them now. They're like well done music videos, like oh, kids wow. dancing on like mountaintops. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. very impressive. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Well, today in our conversation, we're going to talk about, like Stephanie said, studying the Bible in community with other people. And I think that we can kind of tell that churches tend to spend a lot of time and effort and resources in having all kinds of different programs and events. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe it is Bible study or mom's group, community groups, ladies' nights, Sunday worship service, prayer meetings, members' meetings, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other things that I'm not thinking of right now. And (laughs) I think that we all have a tendency to see all the things that have to be done in our own lives, with our own schedules. And we might see our church's women's Bible study, for example, Mm -hmm. and put it at the very bottom of our priority list. And I'll be honest, um, until recent years, I absolutely did this. (laughs) I did not see the point of doing another thing, of going to another Bible study. I kind of just thought I can just read it on my own. Mm -hmm. I can just study at home. Yeah, maybe this is just more for the social aspect. You know, this is kind of just like a way to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. But if my friends aren't there, then I don't, I don't really need to go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that God has taught me a lot in this area through the ministry of my own local church that I'm currently a member of now. And my husband and I started attending, I think it was about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, studying scripture in community with other people has really been an incredible experience for me. Yeah, it's true. I have also found that studying the Bible um, in community with other believers has just been so sweet and helpful in Mm -hmm. my walk. But I would say it's also been challenging sometimes. And I think we'll get into that. Like, that's a reality, too. Yeah. And Ultimately, though, for me, it has also been deeply rewarding in in many different ways. Mm -hmm. The social aspect that you talked about, but also, more importantly, the spiritual aspect. And, you know, I can also say that even though I've studied the Bible in community with other women for many years, that, um, and it's been so sweet, that recently I've kind of wrestled with the thought of, okay, well, maybe this isn't my season for it because mm. I'm working from home and homeschooling my kids. And maybe maybe I just need to take a step back. So this is like a very um, relevant thing, I think, even for me personally. And I'm, so I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're having this conversation. I think it's very important because our busy schedules kind of wants to tell us that yeah. It should go to the bottom of our priority list mm-hmm. or maybe it's not the season. We don't have the margin to study the Bible with other believers or, you know, our busy schedules could kind of tell us that going to church on Sunday and listening to our pastor preach kind of checks that box and we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can think that studying the Bible with other believers is kind of like a little extra thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think we'll see in our conversation that it's really not an extra in that you're greedy for wanting it or selfish for wanting it. Mm. Or you would be totally fine without having it. 
um, because it's actually a really integral part of God's design for his people. Yeah. And I, I think that you're right that, you know, studying God's word together can be challenging. Um, and we probably have a lot of reasons why we don't want to do it. I think, you know, maybe, like you said, you feel like there's no margin for that one more thing. Or maybe you just don't see the benefit. Like I kind of said, if I can do it at home, then why do I need to take all this time out to go do mm-hmm. it with somebody else? Um, I think also, though, a lot of times we don't want to study the Bible together because we're afraid. I think yeah. that a lot of us, and I can identify with this, absolutely, have a fear of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's like digging up past sins that you really don't want to remember um, yeah. or current sins that you don't want to deal with. Maybe you are afraid of being judged if people see what you struggle with mm-hmm. or who you are. Um, maybe you've been hurt in the past by churches or, you know, women that you've been in Bible studies with. I know that's a story of a lot of people. Um, maybe yeah. it's that you feel like you don't know enough and you're going to look stupid if you go to these Bible studies and everybody knows all the Bible answers and you just don't. Yeah. And I think that these are very real fears. Um, and I get it. Like, I totally understand those fears. I've totally identified with a lot of them. But I hope that in this conversation that you'll see that even if it's hard, that it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can also identify with so many of those fears. And, you know, since we're a military family that moves every two to three years, I think those fears kind of hit me at least that often of at least mm. every two to three years I'm wrestling yeah. with it because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll move and we'll go to a new duty station and we'll plug into a new church. And then I go to the women's Bible study and there are all those fears that creep up. Mm. And, and I'll even ask myself, you know, is this worth it? Is it worth taking the chance of being vulnerable? Is it worth sharing my story again, which includes Mm -hmm. a lot of mess? You know, like you said, sometimes we don't want to go through that again. Yeah. And, you know, I think my short answer, by the way, would be, yes, it's worth it. At least Mm -hmm. from my experience at the end of our two to three year tour at that location, like, yes, it was worth, you know, being vulnerable and putting down roots and and really um, investing in that Mm -hmm. community. And so that's my short answer. And I will say that even if you don't have a transient lifestyle like our family does, those fears that you mentioned, Joanna, those are very relatable Mm -hmm. because it takes risk and effort and and investment to put ourselves out there and get to know other people and to really study in community. So I think it's something that we can all relate to. But for believers, I think it's just really important to remember that putting ourselves out there in terms of studying God's word together is, again, like I said, part of his design because we are the body of Christ. And when Mm -hmm. we live according to our creator's perfect design, it's just always better. Yeah. And I love I love the illustration that scripture gives us that you mentioned, Stephanie, of the church, you know, all believers as the body of Christ and What that means is that when one member of this bigger body is healthy, then that means that the whole body is healthier because of that. And Mm, we need the body to be healthy, right? We need each other as members of the body of Christ. And we talk on this show a whole lot about sanctification, which is just this process in our lives when we as believers grow in holiness, when we become more and more like Jesus And Jesus himself says in John 17, 17, that we are sanctified in the truth and that the word of God is truth. 
So it's in God's word that we are sanctified. And so as we study God's word together, that body is sanctified. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really important for us to grow, not just individually, but to grow as a body. I think that one way that we can really see that happening when we study the Bible in community is that we begin to be unified mm-hmm. as a local body of believers. You know, when we look at all of these issues that we come up against, all of these questions, maybe things that scripture doesn't speak to, and we don't know if they're right or wrong, and maybe we have different convictions, different opinions. What we need to do is make sure that we are always unified on the things that scripture makes clear. And as we study God's word together, we begin to sort through that together, and we can begin to see more clearly what scripture is clear on and what is a matter of conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, what scripture lays out as this is something that is absolutely true. This is something that is mm-hmm. a moral command or a moral prohibition and what it leaves open. Mm-hmm. And so as we work through those things together, we become unified in the truth and in the gospel. You know, I think of Philippians chapter two, verses one and two, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And so we can be unified to each other as we unite ourselves around that absolute truth of the gospel. Mm, Yeah, so good. And so part of what studying scripture together does is that it leads um, to a few different things. It leads to deeper discovery of God, of ourselves, and of others. And I think Mm. that's a good way to kind of frame this conversation, and it'll help us kind of talk through it and see why studying scripture and community is necessary, valuable, and enriching, right? Mm-hmm. And so first and foremost, studying scripture together helps us deepen our understanding of God. So Joanna, do you want to start us off there? Yeah. So I think we all have this tendency when we study scripture, whether we realize it or not, to always focus on the same themes or the same concepts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it is that we go back to the same passages or the same books and we skip over the rest. Or it might just be that we always pick up on those same themes and overlook others without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that what happens when we study scripture together is that we get to see the things that other people tend to pick up on. Mm -hmm. So this really helps deepen our understanding of God because let's just say, for example, that I have been learning a lot about the idea of union with Christ, which is a topic that I have only started really diving into relatively recently. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is that I'm seeing it everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? And so I focus on it everywhere. And so much so that that might be all I see or pick up on in a passage. Mm -hmm. But then somebody else in my Bible study group maybe really picks up on this idea of adoption and sonship in scripture and Mm -hmm. how God adopts us and what that means for us being heirs and all this stuff that's so much deeper than I maybe would have realized. Mm -hmm. And so then I begin to see these new themes in scripture, or Mm -hmm. maybe one person tends to notice God's kindness while someone else really hones in on his sovereignty Mm -hmm. and someone else sees his justice and so on and so forth. And so what happens is that we begin to see new things about God 
God and his word that we never saw before. Yeah. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that scripture has all these different meanings and we can all take a different meaning from it. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that sometimes we don't see the complete meaning and that we only see this one attribute of God that this scripture is talking about. And we Mm -hmm. miss that it's really showing us these other attributes also. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, God's word has a particular meaning, but our understanding could be incomplete. So not only do we get this greater understanding of what this particular passage that we're studying with our fellow believers is saying about who God is, but now what happens is that we go home and when we study scripture by ourselves, we start to pick up on those themes. Yeah. We start to see them in places that we never saw them before. Mm-hmm. And so our knowledge of God is enriched. Our own personal Bible study is enriched because we've been studying with other people. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you just described me right there because <laughs> I can gain mm-hmm. some new insight and then I see it just everywhere and become kind of fixated on it because I get really excited about it. And I just love how it just jumps out everywhere. And then I'm I'm just in awe of how it's just so unified in scripture. Right. And that's when I need fellow believers to kind of engage me on other truths found in scripture (laughs) that are just as important and awe-inducing. It's true. Yeah. And so I think of a few verses then. So like Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Or Ecclesiastes 4, 9 that says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. And that's what I think of when it's just, like you said, we need each other. We're better together. And another thing I picked up on was when you were talking was that we're not saying that studying God's word with a group of women in your church should replace our personal daily discipline of going to God's mm-hmm. word, right? Like yeah. our personal Bible study is necessary. It is mm-hmm. our daily bread. Um, but as we engage intellectually and spiritually with a text on our own, you know, we'll study it, pray over it, meditate on it, and allow the word to kind of work in our lives and the spirit sanctifies us individually. Um, we could come together with other believers and allow that sanctification to kind of continue because we are sharpening one another. We are mm-hmm. sharing our insights and our understandings of the passage. And and we even benefit from discussing the different questions that kind of come up over a passage. And really, mm-hmm. ultimately, our growth just multiplies. And it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's so true that our personal Bible study enriches our corporate Bible study and our corporate Bible study enriches our personal Bible study. Yeah. And I mean, it really is true. Like we said, you kind of take home these new things that you recognize in scripture, but also when you study scripture on your own at home, then you have these new things to bring to other believers. Think Mm -hmm. about like back to high school. Okay. (laughs) How awkward it is when everybody was supposed to read these few chapters of your book in English Mm -hmm. class and nobody read it. And then there's discussion time and it's crickets and everybody's (laughs) trying to like pull from their spark notes, you know, and (laughs) it's just, it's just not the same. We know we've all been there. Okay. If you've ever been in high school, (laughs) you have been there. And that's kind of what it's like if none of us actually are digging into the word on our own 
first, yeah. right? We we might be able to kind of skim it the night of and pick out a few things, but we haven't engaged with it. We haven't yeah. we haven't sought God there and found him there. And when we do, when we seek him, we find him, then we're going to want to talk about him. And it's mm, really just yeah. going to enrich that Bible study together as well. Absolutely. And you know, I think another way that our understanding or discovery of God deepens when we study together in community is that we can see different aspects of his nature in other people. And Mm. what I mean by that is I know I have personally learned more about God's love, his kindness, his attention to detail, even his grace. I learned a lot of these things through my brothers and sisters in Christ as we have Mm. kind of joined together in, in engaging over um, Bible study. Um, yeah. And so that's another amazing thing that can happen. But of course, <laughs> that's also where challenges can come since we're um, all imperfect image bearers, right? We're all yeah. sinners. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. in this conversation and in this situation, like the benefits definitely outweigh the challenges. And, you know, I even think way back to Genesis from the creation account where God says, um, it's not good for man to be alone in Genesis chapter two. And I think of that in this conversation because it's so true that companionship is a good thing. Friendships are mm-hmm. blessings. And I think it's just so incredible that God made us all in his image, yet we have the capacity to be so different from one another on so many different levels. And that's challenging yet beautiful because it points to his creativity and to his to his beauty and to his greatness, I think. And I also think that mm-hmm. it points to his brilliance because in the body of Christ, when there is unity and diversity, it is such a greater testimony of God's greatness and majesty than if it was just unity amongst people that mm. are exactly the same, right? That's that is very that's true. not spectacular. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of leads into the idea that when we study scripture together, that's also going to deepen our discovery and our understanding of each other. And, you know, we said before that we tend to look at scripture through a very narrow lens, um, Mm -hmm. and that's the lens of our own experiences and circumstances. And when we study God's word together, we have the blessing of seeing how God's word applies to people in different circumstances or different life seasons or different sin patterns maybe than we have. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, we are not saying that scripture has multiple meanings, but we are saying that it has one interpretation, but many applications. And, you know, I tend to read scripture and see how it applies to me as someone in my late 20s who is married with a toddler who was a member of my particular local church with my past, my pain and my struggles and my joys and my trials and my sin patterns. Mm -hmm. And as we study God's word together, we get the privilege of seeing how the truth of the gospel brings hope to all kinds of different situations. Mm, So true. And so what happens is that you get to hear the perspective of the single woman who's single by choice or the woman who wishes that she was married or the widow, the woman who is divorced, Mm -hmm. the woman who struggles with infertility, the working woman, the stay-at-home mom, the college student, the retired woman, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And we get to see the grace of God from the perspective of all those people. 
And we get to see the grace of God from the perspective of those whose sin patterns are different from ours. And I don't know if you ever do this, Stephanie, but I think if I don't think about it, I just tend to assume that everybody I'm talking to struggles with the same things that I do. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) yeah have the same sin struggles, the same kind of internal battles. And because of that, I think that we can, without realizing it, make statements that are insensitive or hurtful to someone who struggles with something that you can't identify with. Oh, yeah. Because that's not your own personal struggle. But the beauty of coming together around God's word is that when we hear the message of the gospel from the mouths of those who have experienced different hardships and struggles than us, we see real people behind the sins that we haven't personally dealt with. Mm -hmm. And we can actually develop empathy for them instead of pride and judgment. Mm -hmm. Because isn't that true that when we don't struggle really deeply with a certain type of sin, we can kind of get a little prideful about that Mm -hmm. and think that we're better. But when we see the people who struggle with these things, then you begin to develop this empathy for them. And as we hear from these different women, what that does is it allows us to grow in our ability to minister to others who are different from us. And so, you know, talking about this corporate study of scripture, really impacting and enriching our personal study of scripture, Mm -hmm. as we go home and we read scripture on our own, we begin to see not just the hope that it gives for us, but the hope that it gives people in other circumstances too. I know that I have heard stories of women in my church and I've come to God's word and I have read a passage that I would have skimmed over in the past. And then that person comes to mind and I begin to see how the gospel brings hope to their situation. Yeah. And you know, that's such a cool opportunity to stop and pray for that person. Um, such a cool opportunity to, like I said, have empathy for them and to really be prepared to be able to share the gospel and comf- offer comfort and minister to people in all kinds of different situations. Yeah, that is so, so true and and really powerful and really speaks to the truth that the gospel really does transcend all demographics, all mm-hmm. races, all social, educational, economic, um, personal backgrounds. And, yeah. and that's just absolutely beautiful. And we see this more clearly when we study scripture together, right? Because mm-hmm. this knowledge kind of gets shared when people gather together in small groups and they engage in discussions or over God's word. Mm-hmm. And we're engaging in discussion and we're interacting with a passage of scripture that applies to each and every one of us in that group, no matter Mm -hmm. how different we may be. And Mm -hmm. that in turn, I think really helps us better grasp the totality and the beauty of the gospel. It makes it so much bigger. Yeah. It brings it alive, really. And Mm. it really does make me want to tear up just thinking of how the gospel speaks hope to all kinds of brokenness, not just mm-hmm. my brokenness, but to yours and, and to the woman in um, the opposite side of the world in a totally different, you know, life circumstance than us. The gospel mm-hmm. speaks hope the same way it does to us. And, yeah. you know, I think you're absolutely right that it also softens our hearts to others and helps us to understand them better. I also think, though, that before we can get to that place of empathy and 
mutual edification that we need to understand that it comes from a group of people that may be very different from one another gathering together on the common ground of their faith Mm -hmm. in Christ and their love for his word and his people and his mission. And Mm -hmm. they're committing to consistently gather and engage with one another. And, and that requires um, an investment that requires vulnerability. It it requires intentionality and, and even risk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Talking about all of this, I think of James 5, 16, that says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And, Mm-hmm. And that sounds so nice. Like, oh, yeah, that's, we're going to be in this group and we're going to um, share our lives together. But really to confess your sins to one another and to pray for one another requires the willingness to be vulnerable and um, truthful about your own hurts and a willingness to really take the gospel for face value, right? When we're saying that there's no condemnation in Christ, then we're saying that our sin is not too messy. It's not too Mm -hmm. big for God. But in doing that, I've experienced this, and I think you have too, that that is where deep friendships are forged Mm -hmm. when we get to know each other, like really get to know each other, like our hurts, our needs, Mm -hmm. our joys, and our sorrows. And, And yeah, I really do find it amazing that our mutual pursuit of God together in his word really does have the potential to really knit our hearts and our lives together. And we're just better equipped, um, like you said, to minister to one another and to minister to those outside of our circles. And we'll be able to better see how the gospel can apply to Mm. people in different circumstances and and just different backgrounds than us. So I think it's just so helpful. Yeah. You know, at our church, we recently had our very first women's retreat Mm -hmm. and we got to gather together around God's word. And part of what we got to do at this retreat was hear the stories of some of the women in our church who have gone through all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it's remarkable because, you know, I knew some of their stories because they were in my community group, Mm -hmm. but some of them I had no idea the things that they were going through, the things mm-hmm. that they have struggled with, the tragedy that they've faced. And to sit there and hear these women share their own vulnerable, hard stories really did just deepen the sense of community that mm-hmm. we had with one another. And it's just amazing how God uses that when we're willing to be vulnerable, when yeah. we're re- willing to risk it, to really bind us together. Yeah. And unify us to one another and really just, just create this unity where we can care for one another, mm-hmm. where we can lift each other up, where we can encourage one another in a way that's not possible if we're not willing to do that. And when we gather around God's word, God's word that does reveal our needs and our hearts and mm-hmm. our problems and our struggles, that's the perfect place for that to come out. And it opens up these doors and these opportunities for us to really speak the gospel to each other. Yeah, because I think, you know, we can talk about just the beauty of how our union with Christ unifies um, other people that are or other believers that are united to Christ. And we're like, okay, that sounds mm-hmm. so good on paper. But that also means that if we're united to Christ and we're united to one another because of Christ and through Christ, then Mm -hmm. that means we don't need to be afraid of being real 
and um, sharing our sins, no matter how um, ugly they may be, because the beauty of the body of Christ and our union with Christ and one another is, is that Christ overcame all of those sins Mm -hmm. and, and it's not going to interfere with our, um, with our union, right. To one another and to, and to Christ. So I think it's just beautiful. And I, I think it's true that as we are willing to be vulnerable, it, it really just gives others permission to be vulnerable with us as well. Um, Mm -hmm. just that we're not perfect and, you know, we don't expect you to be perfect either. Yeah, absolutely. So we can see then that studying scripture together, like we said, deepens our discovery of who God is. It deepens our discovery and understanding and empathy for one another, Mm -hmm. but it also deepens our own self-discovery. Yeah. So another thing that we tend to do in our very limited reading of our Bibles, maybe subconsciously, um, is that we kind of move quickly past things that reveal our own sin struggles. Mm -hmm. So we might not even realize that we're doing it or we maybe do. <laughs> and we move on really quickly because something's uncomfortable or it's something we don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. But when we study scripture together, it's a lot harder to avoid those things. Yeah, And that might be a reason we think, oh, I don't want to go to Bible study because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to come up. Um, but it's a good thing because the gospel tells us that God doesn't just intend to give us a ticket into heaven, but he intends to purify us, right. to get rid of our sin, to right. make us holy. And other believers is one way that he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, there might even be some sins that scripture reveals that we don't even realize that we struggle with until we talk about it together. Yeah, so God true. uses other believers to reveal sin in our hearts. This has absolutely happened to me. in Bible study. You know, somebody will talk about a sin issue and they'll start talking about, oh, I realized that I was struggling with this sin when this and this and this happened or when I realized that I was thinking this way or reacting to this thing in this way. And I just thought, oh, oh no, that's me. I didn't even know it. And that's that's a grace. I think we need to realize Mm -hmm. that is God's grace to us to reveal our sin through other people as we study the word together that we would not have seen on our own. And the great thing is that as we get to know each other better and as we do share our sin struggles, Mm -hmm. we then can hold each other accountable. Yeah. And accountability is so important for believers. You know, I think that we tend to kind of shy away from this because we don't like to confront people. I mean, maybe some of us do. I don't like to confront (laughs) people. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure we're on the same page here. Yeah. It's not fun, you know? Um, it's it's unless you're like an eight on the Enneagram, then maybe you like confronting people. But <laughs> it's it's just it's not fun. It, it's a hard thing to do. But I am always one, a little taken aback at first, maybe slightly annoyed, but then also so grateful yeah. when somebody asks me a question about how my heart's doing with that sin struggle that I have. Mm. It takes me back. But I'm so grateful because I know that those people care about me and they love me enough to want to see me sanctified. Mm, They love me enough to want to see me walking away from my sin patterns by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, you know, I think about Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 tells us speaking the truth in love 
We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So as we speak the truth to each other, even when that's the hard truth and we do it in love, we do grow as the body. We do become more and more unified and we become more and more sanctified because of this mutual love and truth speaking that we have with each other. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're right that it is God's grace um, toward us. It's his kindness toward us that he, Mm -hmm. you know, wants us to be holy like he's holy and that we can be instruments sort of of sanctification um, in in each other's lives by pointing to God's word. And, you know, I think of a personal example for me. This was a few years ago, but it was very um, just pivotal in my walk. And Mm. it just was like a totally casual conversation at a women's retreat. And it was an older sister in Christ. And I can't even tell you what passage we were talking about, but I remember confessing to her that I wrestled with the fact that I didn't grieve over my sins like I should. Mm. And I remember her just telling me straightforward with love. I mean, she wasn't being confrontational or judgmental at all, but she was just said that my problem wasn't that I didn't grieve over my sins as much as I should, but rather my problem was that my view of God was too small. And Mm. it was like a light bulb went off. And it Mm. was just gospel truth spoken to me in love. And really the effect or the result of it was that it led me to God's word. And Mm. it was then that I didn't even realize that I unknowingly had this tendency to make a lot of things about me. And, Mm. you know, I'm not saying I didn't. I, it was that moment that I realized I was selfish. I knew I was selfish, but I'm talking about good spiritual things here. Like hmm. I didn't know I was approaching and studying God's word um, just with this self-centeredness mm-hmm. or even serving in different ministries with just this hmm. self-centeredness um, attitude and perspective. And yeah. Yeah, so I was really, really grateful that she um, spoke truth to me in love and and. I learned more about myself as as she just pointed me to um, to the word. And mm. I was super help- uh, grateful. Yeah, it really is such such a blessing, even if we don't see it as one in the moment, yeah. to have people who are willing to kind of call us out and to confront the ways that our hearts are believing what's not true mm-hmm. and that we're following after, you know, our own sinful desires. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the flip side of that, we not only can help each other flee from sin, but we can also encourage each other to walk in obedience and holiness as we see what scripture calls us to do, right? As we're studying it Mm -hmm. together, we see the commands of God's word and we can push each other to do them. Yeah. Um, You know, I think of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so we can't encourage each other in the commands of God's word if we're not studying it together. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how awkward would it be if you just kind of walked up to a friend? And said, you know what? I was reading this thing in the Bible about how we should be generous givers. And I think you need to start doing that. It would be really weird. 
right? Because there's no context for it. But when we study God's word together and we study those passages and we wrestle through our own hearts, we can encourage each other Mm -hmm. to follow what God has commanded us to do. And we can do it because we have seen God's word together. We have seen it with our own eyes, read it with our own eyes, heard it with our own ears together. And Mm -hmm. so we have this mutual understanding and this mutual desire to move forward. And so we can push each other to do that. Yeah, I love that. There's just power in mutual encouragement and accountability Mm -hmm. and that just the sense that we're running this race together. And so we can encourage each other to persevere and to um, keep eternity, you know, as our main goal. And and yeah, we we really need each other. I also think, though, that we can learn more about ourselves because when we study scripture together, our like preferences seem to come out, you know, when we're Mm. rubbing shoulders with other people, especially people that are different than we are. And yeah, and that's a it's a hard thing, but it's a good thing. And, Mm. you know, I think of maybe you know, say you're in a study and someone challenges your interpretation or your application of a text. And then this is like very personal to me. You realize like you have this feeling inside of you where you're just easily offended and you become defensive and angry. And mm. or maybe you are you feel like this pride because you you think you're right. And and, you know, I just think that in the process of engaging together over a passage and working together to see what God's interpretation of that text is, you can kind of learn some things about yourself by the way your thoughts and feelings come in that sometimes very messy Mm -hmm. process. Yeah. Um, So in that way, you can also learn more about who you are, um, things that the Lord's working on in you. and, And ultimately, it's just walking together on this trajectory towards holiness and and just remembering that we are gathering to study God's word because we want to know and love God. And, you know, we said this time and time again here, there's no true knowledge of self apart from knowledge of God. So that is ultimately what we're after, right? Discovery of God and discovery of self go hand in hand. And we're just helping each other along in that journey. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear, I would say that this really matters. You know, yeah. studying scripture together is important and it's a big deal. And we might think that it doesn't matter, but it really, really does. And I I think we can kind of sum up what we've been talking about with the idea that we kind of just get stuck in our own like little bubble of our own thinking and mm-hmm. sometimes our own little hamster wheel of just the same thoughts over and over again. But really, our understanding is so broadened when we join together with the rest of the body mm-hmm. and not just depend on our own understanding and our own knowledge and our own perspective. Um, but we also know that it's not always easy. Um, it can be scary. It can be hard, but it is a worthy endeavor. Yeah. Um, so just like studying God's word on our own can be difficult at, at times. But when we do it, we reap the fruit of sanctification. And in the same way, studying God's word together has its own unique set of challenges. Stephanie, you've kind of alluded to a couple, but from it, we reap the fruit of sanctification, of unity, of these deep spiritual friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we mentioned earlier a few fears that we might have in becoming part of a Bible study. We want to briefly revisit those and just see what the gospel has to say about those fears. 
Um, And one of those is the fear of being vulnerable, whether it's digging up past sins or present sins or being afraid of being judged, reliving bad circumstances. Um, I think about Romans chapter 8, verse 1, which, Stephanie, I think you kind of briefly talked about as well. But it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ, the shame that you experience because of your sin, it's no more because it's been forgiven. Yeah. And, you know, I do realize that even though Christ has forgiven us, that there still is that fear that other people won't give us as much grace. And that might be true. Mm -hmm. Um, It is true that you might share something you've struggled with and that you've, you know, repented But there will still be people who are a little bit judgy about it. Yeah. And that's true. But think about it as an opportunity to allow those around you to see God's grace in a new light. Yeah. Um, To allow them to see the incredible mercy and loving kindness of our God. It's an opportunity even to give someone else who's been silently struggling with that same thing hope because they see that God has grace for you in that and that there's grace for them Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, so good. I think another fear is just the fear of getting hurt by the church or the small Mm -hmm. group or another believer if you do pursue it and are vulnerable with them. And say that you had a bad church experience. You know, Mm -hmm. I know I've been there. And I was thinking about how I worked through that and how I reconciled it and moved forward. And, And all I could really say is just to remember the gospel in that. And you Mm -hmm. said this, or you were alluding to it too, that pastors and elders and other believers, I mean, they're sinners just like you and I are, and Mm -hmm. we all need grace, and we're all on this um, journey of sanctification, and it is a journey, and sometimes it's slow, and we're all on different um, in different places. And, And just also remembering, though, that there are no two churches that are identical, and so we can just try our very best to find a Bible-believing, Christ-centered church, um, and that's what we can do. And we can study the Bible for ourselves, and we can pray, and then we can do the hard thing and just try again, right? Mm, yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's important in those situations not to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, And that's hard. Like, I don't want to minimize the difficulty and the pain that yeah. goes along with all of this. But God's design for his people is that we would grow together and mm-hmm. that we would need each other. And so, yeah, it's hard. But let me tell you, even if it's hard again, even if you experience pain again, because of the way that God has designed us to grow together, you will be so much better for keeping on yes. and trying again. Yes. Um, and you can trust God that even in the pain that he will work even that together for your good. Yeah. And I think that another fear that we can have is maybe just the fear of not knowing enough, not having enough Bible knowledge, not being smart enough or not knowing the right answers, not being articulate enough. Um, I would just say 
none of us do. (laughs) None of us have all the answers. None of us have all the Bible knowledge. I still feel this way. I kind of get terrified sometimes going into Bible study because I think, oh goodness, what if something comes up and I don't know how to answer the question and everybody's going to think that I'm a fraud because (laughs) I say that I love the Bible, but I didn't know this one story or I didn't know how to handle this one Mm -hmm. passage. Yeah. Listen, we all feel this way. Stephanie, I think that you've said on multiple occasions, we can never exhaust the riches of the word of God. Yeah. We can't. But the gospel frees us from this thinking because we have to realize that there is nothing that we can do to earn God's favor. Mm. No amount of Bible knowledge can save us. We can only be saved through faith in Christ. And so what that means is that going to your Bible study is not a test of how good of a Christian you are. Yeah. What it is is an opportunity to grow. Yeah. Together. And my hope is that we could come alongside each other and desire growth for one another um, and not desire comparison or competition. Yeah. But that we could actually desire for one another to to know and love God more through this study. Right. Absolutely. And I, that makes me think back to the Hebrews of just having the mindset going in of wanting to stir up other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um for yeah. love and good deeds, so, and for their growth and their sanctification. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then lastly, back to busy schedules. And mm-hmm. I shared <laughs> in the very beginning of this episode that I recently was working through this issue and wondering if this season of working and homeschooling meant that I shouldn't study God's word with others and mm-hmm. maybe just going to church on Sundays would be enough. And, you know, after working through it, I realized that We make time for what we deem as important. And Mm. yes, I feel led to work and homeschool right now. And I'm so grateful and passionate about both. Yeah. But I also believe studying God's word with other women is worth it. It's necessary. Mm. It's um, for our mutual good. And so, you know, we can get creative here. So what I did was instead of doing my normal morning Bible study, which I have done for years and years and years, I just stepped up to lead an evening study because that's going to work better for my current season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what kind of led me to that was I just had to remember that one, it's like we said, it's God's design for us to grow and and to be in community. But Mm. it's also a privilege to freely gather together and Mm. study God's word. And I think of persecuted Christians around the world that long to gather together Mm. And, and worship and study God's word and just want to feel um, the power and just physical presence of like your brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And, you know, I think of Paul in Second Timothy where he says, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Or John says it too in Third John 14, he says, I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. And so mm-hmm. it just reminds me that there is just something about physically being together and and studying God's word together or even to Acts, you know, the early church kind of modeled this for us. Um, Acts 2.42 is a popular verse that says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so Mm. just all of this just was a sweet reminder to me that God made us as one body and we have the blessing to care for each other and encourage one another and persevere and bear each other's burdens and to rejoice and to mourn with one another. And and it's a blessing. And 
It's so much better when we take the time to gather together and to do it. And it's all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that there might be some of you listening and thinking, well, this is all good and well, but my church doesn't do this. Mm. Um, And, you know, I would just encourage you, even if you were just meeting with one or two women at a coffee shop or at a play date with your kids once a week to read through scripture together and talk about it. There is benefit in doing this together. Yeah. And, you know, I would also encourage you, go and talk to your church leaders and see if there's a way that you can help to start one mm-hmm. in your church. Um, it would be an amazing thing. And maybe something that they've been wanting that's needed and they need someone to step up and take charge and do it. Um, Definitely Mm -hmm. would say go to your church leaders and talk to them before you start anything in your church because you want to have um, their approval and everything. But I will say that next week we are doing an episode that is really going to walk through how to lead a Bible study. And so you might be thinking, I'd love to do that, but I just do not feel equipped at all. And that's why we really want to take some time to help equip you to be Mm -hmm. able to make this happen in your own local context, whether that's in your church or in your living room or wherever it might be. And we're also going to be announcing something really exciting that we have been working on in that episode as well that is kind of along these same lines. So definitely make sure you listen in next week because we really believe that this is important and we want to help equip you to make it happen in your own life. Yeah, definitely check back. And you know, we hope this conversation was helpful to all of you and that it really encourages you to face those very real fears Um, and Mm -hmm. challenges and the commitment to come alongside other believers to study God's word and be willing to be vulnerable and learn about God, others, and yourself. So if this episode or any of our other episodes have been helpful to you, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to leave us an iTunes review. Mm -hmm. It really is just a simple way to invite more people into our conversation and I know Joanna and I and Kristen Schmucker, we read every single review and we are we just do. so incredibly grateful and humbled. And so, yes, we would really appreciate it if you took a minute to do that. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to talking with you all next week.